You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. the Lord. And uh, before I start, I want to give disclaimer also that uh, I'll be using a lot of word definitions. So please bear with me. I'm going to be quoting, um, giving some definition and Greek words, probably trying to make a point. <laughs> Amen. But uh, please bear with me. Amen. But um, in a few moments, allow me to uh, speak a message that, you know, God has been dealing with me a couple of days ago. And a message that I needed also to preach to myself as well. So I prayed and asked that open your heart, your spirit, your mind for the word that God's going to speak to us tonight. Because I believe that there's going to be an awakening in the body of Christ. And there's going to be a shaking of some things that needs to be shaken. And there's going to be a challenge for us that needs to be challenged in our lives, in our walk with God. Tonight, I want to bring your attention in the Word of the Lord in, uh, in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible said, Be sober and be vigilant. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Tonight, I want to preach to you in a simple topic that says, Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise tonight. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to preach in this wonderful congregation. I'm asking for your grace to allow me to minister to your people, God, and even to myself. And God, I pray as your word is being preached and released, I pray that there's going to be, Lord, a move of God. There's going to be a, hallelujah, a, a, a powerful move, Lord, and there be a conviction of your word and challenge us. And Lord, I ask also, Lord, allow me to preach the truth in love, God, and help us I pray, let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you clap our hands again once more time? Just to uh, ease myself here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know, but um, I, there's, a, there's a heaviness in me that I felt that I don't know if I'm worthy to preach this. But um, God, has, I felt God is giving me an assignment. So I'll just leave this up to God and... I want to preach this with love. I pray that the love of God will be here. You know, that will, God will touch us and renew us. Hallelujah. The word vigilant in Greek is Gregorio. It means to keep awake or being watchful. It, is, it means literally or figuratively. According to the dictionary in Merriam-Webster's, the word vigilant means alertly watchful 
especially to avoid danger. Or the synonym of it are the words observant or attentive. The Apostle Peter's first epistle was categorized as part of the general epistles. It was written for the believers who were experiencing hardship, struggles, and persecution from the outside of the church. That is the focus or the main theme of the first Timothy. And, and the second Timothy is focused on the inward issues of the church from errors and heresies that arises within the church. But first, Peter is focused on the outside or the without of the church. The things that would try to get in. Any attacks, whether it is physically or spiritually. That's why Peter was admonishing the believers to be sober and vigilant. The principle of being watchful or being vigilant can be found also in Paul's writing in the uh, book of Ephesians to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. And he said it this way, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now the word there, walk in circumspectly, walk circumspectly, it is from the Greek word peripatio akribos. The word walk, it means to regular, regulate one's life. It's not literally walking, but it means your, 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 your lifestyle on how you regulate your life. And it is not only a one-time thing, but is, it is supposed to be a daily and actively. And the word circumspectly means to be cautious or careful to consider all circumstances. And I believe that this message is not only for the church in the New Testament in Ephesians, but it is also applicable for us in this generation as a church. For us to walk circumspectly, to be cautious on how we live our lives, our lifestyle, how people see us from the outside. It is important that we walk circumspectly. Now I felt in my spirit that there is a demand presently. There is an urgency. There is a call to the body of Christ to wake up. Poke yourself for your, your neighbor and said, wake up. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. All right? But there is a call. There is a call tonight for us as a Christian to wake up and pay attention of what is happening in our present time and for us to be able to discern what is in the atmosphere. We live now in a generation where righteousness and holiness are weird and immorality and sin are normal. That's what we are, the generation we are living in right now. And we need to discern that what is happening. The enemy is trying his best to 
contaminate our thoughts with these agendas and propaganda and intoxicate our hearts with the spirit of this age we are living in. That's why I'm so thankful and grateful for the message that was taught two Wednesdays ago about being intoxicated with Babylon because the same spirit, the same culture that had happened in the past is still trying to take over in our present time. This is the things that we are dealing as a body of Christ and as a church. And we are now, right, right now, we are in a spiritual warfare. We know in Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, Paul was encouraging the believers to put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There is a warfare. Christian living is not something that we're taking a vacation because we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. It is not, it's not a promise that everything is, you know, like a bed of roses. But actually, when we receive Christ, we are entering into a new realm of warfare. That, we, that Paul said we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against the spiritual wickedness in high places. That is our enemy. But tonight, I have a good news to you. Hallelujah. I have a good news to you that we might be in a spiritual warfare right now. We might be in a battle. There might be some things that we are struggling, amen, inside and outward, amen, of our lives. But despite of all things, there is a promise that this battle has already been won by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the good news, amen, that we might not, we might be in a warfare, but God is telling us that He already overcame the enemy, that death and sin has overcame, and we already won this battle. It's already been won. Hallelujah. It's been prophesied, amen, way back in Genesis 3.15. The Living Bible says this, from now on, on you and the woman will be enemies. As will your offspring and hers. You will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. Amen. This prophecy was talking about Satan, the serpent. And amen. It is also a prophecy about Jesus Christ. That there will be a time, amen, that the enemy, amen, his head will be crushed. And it was fulfilled at the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. We are victorious in Romans 6.20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Amen. That's where the enemy belongs. It is under your feet. Amen. It's not going to be in your head where all the lies are coming in. But it's supposed to be in your head. You're going to trample the head. Oh, hallelujah. Of the enemy. Because you are victorious. You have that authority. You have that victory tonight. And I'm telling you because this is the reality, this is the truth, and you need to understand some things, the principles of what is happening in the Bible. Satan and his cohorts were already defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work of Calvary. And therefore, we as a church, we need to understand our position, 
our authority and our power. Let me say this again. We need to understand. Wake up church. Know your position. Know your authority. And know your power. When you have repented of your sins and you were, you were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when God filled you with His Holy Ghost, hallelujah, then that's where the restoration of authority, the restoration of power, the restoration of your position in heaven. You are sitting right now in heavenly places with Christ. That's your position. You are now a children of God. Hallelujah. We need to understand that. We need to understand that we are not fighting to win, but we are fighting to maintain. We are fighting in the position of victory and not for victory. That's where we are right now. We are already victorious and more than conquerors. Amen. And if you understand your position, if you understand your authority... And if you understand your, your identity in Christ, it'll change your prayer. What I mean is when you, your prayer changes, it means your language in prayer, your words in prayer changes. Because, you know, sometimes we are praying in our language, our words, it's like it's sounding like we're in self-pity all the time. We sound like we're always, we always have this low self-esteem. Have you heard someone pray? Like they're sounding like, Lord, I'm so, I'm having self-pity tonight. No one loves me. No one cares for me. That kind of prayer, have you heard sometimes, have you did that before? I tried before when I was ignorant yet. I was like that. You know, the voice of like being self-pity, like you're always, it feels like you're in a defeated position when you are praying. But when you understand your authority, oh, your prayer changes. Your language changes. All of the sudden, amen, when you pray, you begin to declare things in heaven. You begin to decree things in heaven to manifest. You take your authority. Hallelujah. That's when your language changes. You begin to declare things that when you pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that my family is going to be saved. I believe that my son's going to come back. I believe that sickness is going to be healed. I declare and I decree that's the authority that you have tonight and that is supposed to be the prayer the language that we're about to release in heaven because you are victorious that's the kind of victory that's the kind of you know the prayer we need to release you may not be shouting all the time just like i did but you decree i hope you understand me tonight and if you understand your position in authority, your praise changes too. Your praise change. You don't wait for things to happen first before you praise God. Amen. If you understand your authority and your position, you already praise God in advance because you already, amen, that the battle has already been won. You're going to praise Him whether it is good or in bad situation. You know how is it going to end. You're going to be victorious. You're going to come out of this, amen, of this situation being victorious.
You praise God in advance. And that's what the difference between being victorious or being a loser. If you're a loser, then you still wait before things to happen. But if you know that you're victorious, you praise God in advance. Oh, I pray tonight. Hallelujah. You might not see it right now to happen. There might be things in your life that you've been waiting for a long time. And it seems like there's nothing happening. Oh, that's okay. Hallelujah. Just praise God anyway. I'm still going to praise God. I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to serve Him faithfully. I'm still going to pray. Amen. I'm still going to show up. Amen. It doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever seems to be, you know, it looks like hopeless. But I'm still going to serve God faithfully. Amen. Praise God. Your voice. Amen. It changes. Hallelujah. Begin to shout with a voice of triumph. That's how it's supposed to be, our voice, with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Now, I tell, I, I've mentioned all of those for us to understand where we are in the spirit, our position as a church and as individual, that we have victory that in Christ, that we are victorious, that we have the power and authority. Now, let me go to my message. Now, it's going to be something, you know, going to be a rocky road tonight. So, fasten your seatbelt tonight. Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach something tonight and you better hold on. Hallelujah. But bear with me tonight. Now, since you understood that we are victorious in Christ, that we have understand, you know, that we are our position. Now, the enemy that we're fighting, that I was talking about earlier, the battle. You know, Satan has no authority over you anymore. But you hear this tonight. The only power the enemy has over you is the power you give to him. Let me tell you again. The only power the enemy has over you is the power that you give him. Amen. Because if he has power over you to destroy you, he have already done that for us. Then we're not going to be here anymore because He already attacked us. But He can't do it because we're victorious. But the only thing He can attack you is if you give Him the power. Now look at this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, Paul said, Neither give place to the devil. Now, the word place here in Greek word, you know, there are some several synonyms here. And it also means license. So when you read it again, it could read like this. Neither give license to the devil. In other words, don't give the enemy a legal right over you. Don't give him a legal right over you. He can't do anything over us illegally. Satan is bound with his restraining order when it comes to the redeemed people of God. To the purchased, you know, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ or the church. And that's who we are. He has a restraining order. He can't do anything, you know, whatever he wants to do. You can read in the book of Job also. You know his story. He only was given permission by God. 
before he can able to do things in the life of Job, before he can perform his agenda. As I have said, he is limited with a restraining order. You know that you can attack Job, but do not touch his life. Now in verse Peter 5.8, we read, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... Now look at this. The word adversary here in this verse, in Greek word, it means antidikos. From the two words, anti and dikos. So where that's, you know, anti, it's where we get our word anti. It means to refuse or to deny. And dikos means rights or the things, what is yours. So what Peter was saying in this verse that be sober and be vigilant because the devil as a roaring lion, he is looking for a legal right. Something that he can, he can deny something what is rightfully yours. He's looking for a way in in your life. That's why he is walking around looking if he's going to be able to find a small spot where he can find a legal right over you to attack you. That, that's what he does and that's what he do to a Christian. He will look for a legal right. He will deny you of the things that is rightfully yours. That's why sometimes, you know, you've been wondering why is it that there is supposed to be a blessing that is for me, but why is it it's always been delayed or it's always been taken away from me? There are some blessings, you know, there are some favor that has, God has already released from heaven. But for some reason, you know, you've been wondering why is it that it's always been taken away from me? Well, this is now the moment to take an assessment because probably you have given the enemy a legal right to take what is rightfully yours. That's why we need to be vigilant. We need to be vigilant. There's a lot of things that God has given us, spiritual blessings, physical blessings that He has released over us. But some Christians are not enjoying the fullness of the blessing of God because of this. That we have given Him the license to attack us, to rob us, to steal from us, and to kill and to destroy things in our lives. We need to be vigilant as a Christian. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, in NLT version, Paul said, examine yourselves to see if you are in faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. You know, for, for mechanics, probably Brother James can understand what I'm talking about, but you know, if you're a mechanic, if your car starts to leak, you know, engine oil or something, you know, and your car starts to run or act up funny or, you know, it's a problem, it got to be like some leaking and you need to check it up and do some assessment and examine the car. Or if you are into like an IT people, you know, or a cybersecurity, you do a scan of your computer to see if your computer is being hacked or your accounts are being taken away from you, your privacy, and all those stuffs. If these things are important to the world and to the careers and to the businesses, how much more for us as a Christian? 
we need also to examine ourselves whether if we're still in the faith. I've seen a quote here. It says, ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. Tonight, there might be some leak. There might be some things that, you know, you're not, we're not even realizing it, but some things that we are wondering, why is it that it feels like I'm sinking? It feels like I'm drowning. It feels like everything's going down. Well, you got to examine yourselves and check if there's a leak, if there's something that allows that water to get into your system. Now, I'm going to say something, and I want to say this with love. If you're not being convicted by the Word of God anymore, examine yourself. If you get offended easily, examine yourself. The Word of God says in Psalms 119 verse 163, Great peace have they which they love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Yes, offense will come. It will try us. It will come to us. But it depends on how you respond to that offense will matter. If you get offended easily, examine yourself. If ministry has become more of a burden and obligation, than opportunity and pleasure. Examine yourself. I want to say this again. If you, if you feel that ministry has become more of a burden and obligation than an opportunity and pleasure to serve God, we need to examine ourselves. If you feel that you're so good at what you do, and you don't need correction anymore. Examine yourselves. If you think so highly of yourself that you can't submit to authority and your leaders, examine yourselves. The level of your authority, we are only operating in a delegated authority. And the level of your authority, the height of your authority, is measured on base how deep is your submission. You cannot have authority without submission. Otherwise, it will destroy you. If being right is more important than the relationship you have with someone, examine yourselves. There are some relationships that have been destroyed just because you, just, you, you want to prove that you are right in that argument. You rather be you rather choose to be right than to win that person. Examine yourselves. If your agenda has more has become greater than the kingdom of God. You know, there are some people that okay, I'll be part of, you know, I'll be part of that ministry. I'll be, you know, I'll help, but what's in it for me? And it's sad. Because in serving God in ministry, it's not always what you gain or what you receive. Ministry is all about 
you know, the price or the reward of our of what we are doing and serving, you know, serving in the ministry in the people, you know, in services and wherever we are, the 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 reward is God Himself. Not you know, not the, 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 the rewards of, you know, the finances, not the rewards of uh, acknowledging you and being famous or whatever. We do our ministry, what we, we are being part of in the kingdom of God is, you know, our reward is not in the physical realm, but our reward is God Himself. And if your agendas become greater than the kingdom of God, examine yourselves. Now, there are, there are some legal rights that, could be within us right now that we need to think or we need to examine ourselves. Unconfessed sins can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Unconfessed sins. That's why the Bible said, search my heart. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways. And lead me to the way of everlasting. We need to let God search us. Unforgiveness can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. There are things right now in our hearts that we're not able to release. There are some bitterness in our hearts. It can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Jealousy can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Lustful thoughts can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Pride can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Division can be a legal right for the enemy to attack you. Tonight might not be the same way as I'm preaching. But I felt God has given me an assignment. I've been struggling with God and asking, Lord, why me? I felt like I'm unworthy. But in my spirit, God is telling me, I've given you an assignment. We need to be sober and vigilant. There's going to be some shaking and things that needs to be shaken in our walk with God. Hallelujah. That's why repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift. You know what would, you know, the enemy is known to be the accuser. And the only thing that would silence his accusation in us is through the blood of Jesus, through repentance. The Bible said in Revelation 12, 9 to 11, And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent. Now, he was called the old serpent, referring back to Genesis when he tempted Adam and Eve, or Eve and then Adam. Called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is the come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, 
This is what he do or what he does. He which accused them before our God day and night. This was this is what he was doing way back at, at the account of Job. He was accusing Job. You're only blessing him because you know you you, you only protect him or you only bless or he only blesses you because you're blessing him. He gives accusation. He's accusing Job. And that's what he does in heaven. Imagine it. In heaven, he keeps on accusing each and every one of us and accuses us. But this is the solution of his accusation. In verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, thank God for his blood. Thankful for his blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. The solution for his accusation, because his accusation will, will deny us of our legal rights also. But because of his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, we can overcome it. But I have a question, why is it that the blood of Jesus is really important? Because the blood speaks. In Genesis 4.10, in New Living Translation, this is when Abel died and Cain killed Abel. And God was looking for Abel. And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So from this principle that blood speaks, the blood speaks to God. Now, in Hebrews 12, verse 24, in New Living Translation, it says, You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. He's referring to that Genesis 4.10. The blood speaks, but I'm so thankful. In King James, it says, it speaks better things. Hallelujah. That's why we're so grateful tonight for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross of Calvary. It never loses its power. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful tonight for the blood of Jesus. We cannot take for granted the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. It speaks better things in behalf of us. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.